Hello, kids, and welcome to another episode. I am your resident spooky drag queen, Pissy Miles. And I'm your resident spooky smartass, Sam Baxter. And, and this, this is, is my spooky, spooky gay family. Hello, Sam. Hello, Pissy. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I am in excruciating pain. <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> between the Minnesota now, what did you do? It's not between the... I, I have been in excruciating pain for some days, and it's not for any reason you would think. I know everyone's sitting there going, well, you wear those shoes, you wear corsets, you probably twisted an ankle, you bumped something, you hit something, you stabbed something. Uh, and that is not the case. It is actually, um, it is the pain of my own vanity. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, this week, started using Crest White Strips. Okay. Have you ever used them before? I have not, no. Well, let me tell you something about using Crest White Strips that I'm okay. sure some of our listeners have experienced before. I, and I knew this about Crest White Strips when I started <laughs> doing it. Basically, when you, depending on the level you use, and I use like, I bought the ones that are like, they say they're like super high level, but on the mm -hmm. range of like Crest White Strips, they're probably like mid-range, mm -hmm. where it's like the professional level white, and it's like level 12, but they go up to like 40, so it's like, mm, I don't know. Uh, the higher the level, the more, I guess, whatever the active ingredient is, I guess it's peroxide, hydrogen peroxide is probably yeah. the active ingredient. But the the more you use, <laughs> the more um, sensitive your teeth become. Oh, so it's like you you feel uh, it feels fine when you're doing it, but mm -hmm. then over the course of like the next couple days, you'll get what's called like zingers, where oh, it's like you just your teeth have been made so sensitive by this process that you'll get like a sh a shooting like pain oh. in your tooth fuck that. um it goes away in like 24 hours okay and i knowing this because you're supposed to use a whole package and a whole package is like something like 12 or 14 strips or some shit yeah and i was like okay here's what i'll do I, it's not like my teeth were, were I, like I, I don't smoke I, I do eat tomato sauce occasionally but like i i, I don't like my teeth are not uh, yeah. excessively yellow but i was like i'm going to do two days on one day off that mm -hmm. way when it starts to get really sensitive it'll it'll have a day to recoup and then i'll jump back in right and i have done that and it has been good but i've been doing it for like a week mm -hmm. and and my teeth are like maybe we should take two days off this time <laughs> It's terrible. Have you ever done something not realizing the consequences it would have on you later? I'm sure that I have. Nothing is leaping to mind. Um, I can't imagine what it would be. For me, it's definitely white strips. They have been 
I, I was going to say a pain in my ass, but it's more a pain in my face. I'm like, this is, <laughs> it has been unpleasant. But, and, and the worst part is I see a difference in my teeth, but it's mm-hmm. not like excessive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, it's not like you took a magic eraser to them or something. Maybe that's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Don't use magic do erasers on that. your teeth. We do not. Glenn, Glenn. is furiously <laughs> typing. He's like, we're, we're, he's like, we are less than five minutes in. Can we please? He's like, why don't I ever get a break? <laughs> Next, tell them that bleach kills COVID. <laughs> I mean, you know, for all we know, it doesn't. <laughs> it really, truly doesn't. That's what we know. Um, oh, and speaking of, not that I want to have a, a long tangent about this. This week, the uh, the CDC made a, a real interesting announcement. Yeah, they did. <laughs> not sure how I feel about it yet. Yeah, me neither. I, it was interesting because it's like, they were like, you know, vaccinated people do not need to wear masks basically at all anymore. Yeah. Is what they said. That does not apply to state mandates. Obviously, states can still mandate that you wear um, face coverings when in in certain situations and privately owned businesses can do the same. But the CDC has it doesn't have legal standing, but they have said that their advice is that vaccinated people no longer need to do it. The thing that concerns me and I I. I understand that this kind of like, we keep saying, trust the science, trust the science, trust the science, I trust the CDC. And then they do something like this and you're like, guys, I've been supporting you. (laughs) Because we are, right now, the number of fully vaccinated people in the country is just over a third. Yeah. You know what I mean? And herd immunity, from my understanding, is is when you reach about 70%. Yeah. Which is basically double where we are right now so i'm curious why the cdc would say that fully vaccinated people can go without masks especially since we've learned that vaccinated people can still contract contract the virus so it's it's a bit disconcerting yeah, no, I'm not really sure what they're thinking on that one. If not, if for no other reason than like, I feel like this is giving anti-maskers like yeah. carte blanche to do what the fuck ever they want. <laughs> <laughs> because like, they're not going to get vaccinated, A, and B, they're just going to walk around saying, well, I'm vaccinated, so I don't have to yeah. wear a mask. And I've already seen people talking about having fake vaccination cards and the same way they had fake like excuse cards at the beginning like yeah and it's like i'm sure it's not that hard to make a convincing looking vaccination card not that i'm advocating that you should do it it was filled out with a bic (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) it was not really that official looking if i'm being honest but um it it definitely gives me pause not like a not like a dog but um (laughs) I I'm con- I'm slightly concerned if I'm being honest because it feels a little bit like India was like, "Oh my god, look what happened to us." And the US was like, "Sounds good." And I was like, <laughs> I was like, "Guys, <laughs> they're still doing it. Like they're yeah. still having the problem." Yeah. Look 3 feet to your left like <laughs> Yeah. They they're they're over there doing it and I, I'm like, I just it concerns me because we're so close 
to, I, I don't want to say the end, but we are so close to at least somewhat a resolution in this. We're close to being able to manage it. Yeah. Why are we pulling these shenanigans right now? Yeah, I I don't know. Like, I would think they would err on the side of caution. That's how I feel about it. I, I would think they would too. And like... Like, I had an event today that I had to go to, Mm -hmm. and everybody wore masks when appropriate. I know for a fact that everyone in attendance was vaccinated, and most of the people I saw were wearing masks when they weren't eating. Mm -hmm. So, like, I think that people still are making the right call on an individual level a lot, which gives gives me hope. But I don't understand why the CDC is like... (laughs) It gives me hope when I think about our individual situations. But we all know that you and I run in different circles than the people who this would be an issue for. You know what I mean? I think I do. I I think... (laughs) You and I run in much different circles when it comes to the approach to this virus. Uh then then say an anti-masker i don't have anti-masker friends yeah no i I don't (laughs) so i i that's what concerns me especially because now we're at a point where it's like appointments are so readily available for the vaccine that you can literally walk up and get it yeah you don't even need an appointment in in many of the larger vaccination sites they are so available you can just walk up and get it and it's like how is that possible when we're only vaccinated a third of the way i don't i don't understand like what's happening with the vaccination process because it's like (laughs) it's like how are we only at a third like we've we've basically cleared all of the groups now basically anyone can go get it i mean they they cleared extra groups yeah. Kids can now do it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like the the thing that I find frustrating is like what that indicates to me, and this is an an inference, not uh I can't I can't necessarily correlate this, but that kind of indicates to me that two-thirds of Americans yeah. are not going to get vaccinated. If they don't absolutely have to. I'm still holding out hope that this is one of those instances where, like, for example, it takes longer supply chain wise to get the vaccine to more rural areas, things like that. I'm I'm still holding out hope that this is not willful (laughs) two thirds not vaccinated, because if it is, this is never going to be over. Yeah, we'll be doing this. We'll be doing for this years. forever. Yeah, which is a thing that the anti-vaxxers don't seem to get. Yeah, it's like no, guys. Like if if we don't get vaccinated, like this this becomes a forever problem. Yeah, like outbreaks at any time, quarantines <laughs> at any time, new strains at any time, and it, and it's like this is so frustrating because it's like, well, what do we do then? You can't as far as I know, mandate that people get it. Yeah. You can't. We would just have to leave. <laughs> We'd have to go somewhere where the majority <laughs> of people do it. I, 
I don't I don't even know anymore. And we said we weren't going to go on a long tangent about this. So it's like... I know. I, and, I, and I don't really want to, but it is, it can be frustrating because seeing that and especially working in my field, I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, we were so close to like me getting back to some kind of normalcy in my yeah. job. And now we're kind of looking at, well, maybe we're not. Maybe maybe theaters aren't going to open yeah. in the next six months. Maybe I'm not going to be able to do a theatrical production in six months. Yeah. Maybe you can't go on a tour of the Midwest or through areas where the population has not been sufficiently vaccinated because it's dangerous. So it's like, well, what do you do? <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know. It was very frustrating to me, especially because it's like, well, the, the conversation has been so convoluted to this point. I think people need a little more explanation for how this is possible. Yeah. I would love for the CDC, especially because this has been days now. Yeah. Like, I would love for the CDC to explain how they came to this conclusion. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. No, I... I don't know. I, I wish I... I wish I had an answer. But, like... And I want to be clear, like, I'm not going to be sad to see masks go. Me neither. I don't want to like, wear mine. <laughs> I really don't want to wear it. But it seems a bit premature. That's how I feel. I'm not I'm not an anti-masker, but I will say I fucking hate wearing them. Yeah. They're uncomfortable. I don't breathe as well in them because they it, fog it, up it, my glasses. They fog up my glasses. Like and it's it's not to the point where like I'm like, oh my god, I can't wear this, but it's uncomfortable. I don't like wearing them. But what's the alternative? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I I don't know. It's it's very frustrating. Um it's it it has been quite a week as far as announcements from the CDC, but here we are. Um, anything else new with you, Sam? Uh, not really. Apart from the fact that I did in fact go to something today, which is the first time in like a year that I've done that. Did you have fun? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. But um, like I got dressed like a real person and like put on like my I'm wearing my jewelry and my watch like I haven't worn my wedding ring in I think a year you know it's <laughs> funny I, and I it's something that I almost feel bad not almost I do feel bad about it I worry so much about and my wedding ring is not terribly expensive mm -hmm. it wasn't cheap but it wasn't like it's not like I have like a wedding ring that's several thousand dollars yeah no same but I leave it at, I don't wear mine most days because when I'm getting in and out of drag, I have to constantly be taking my ring on and off right. and on and off. And I'm I'm concerned that that will end in me losing it. Yeah. And so I just don't wear it. And I'm like, well, that kind of defeats the purpose of having it then because it's like, well, it's supposed to be a constant like reminder, reminder of yeah. like of your affection for someone and, and your love for someone. But I very rarely wear it. <laughs> so it's like, I, I was like, I really should be better about wearing my ring. But I do worry because of my scatterbrain that I'm going to lose it. <laughs> do you ever have that concern? Yes. Um, I actually thought I had lost it earlier this year. <laughs> um, like within my house, like it was in my house somewhere. But 
I had no idea where. It turns out it was on a ring holder in the kitchen, which is like the perfect place for it to be because that is like what that's for. That's always the fucking way it goes. It's like, <laughs> I'm going to put this in the most logical place, yeah. but it's the least logical place because usually you are, you are used to organized chaos. So yeah. it's like, well, if I put something away, that happened to David the other day. And it happens to me constantly. We were filing our taxes and David was like, oh my God, I can't find any of my tax uh, papers. And I was like, well, where did you put them? And he has been yelling at me for months. He's like, I hate that the mail is on the counter near the the door. <laughs> you know, you've heard him yell yeah. at me about it. Yes, I have. You've heard us fight about it. <laughs> yes, I have. Um, not yell at me. He doesn't yell at me. But we have like, we have had... Discussions. Elevated conversations <laughs> about the mail on the counter. And I'm like, and I'm like, but that's where I put my tax stuff and that's where I know it is. And it sits there and blah, 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 to the point where I had to go out and buy that that little wooden tray to put the mail in because mm-hmm. I was like, I can't move this. Otherwise, I know I will lose it because I put my stuff here for a reason because I know that's where I want it. And w- he was like, we really need to file our taxes. And I was like, yes, I know. Um, and so I gave him all my tax shit and I was like, okay, here's all my stuff. And he was like, I can't find my tax forms. And I was like, what do you mean you can't find them? And he was like, I don't know where they are. He was like, I thought I put them right here, but they're not there and blah, 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 blah. Because they had, we had to move them because they were sitting on top of his printer in the office and we had to move a lot of his computer stuff a while back. So they had been moved Mm -hmm. and they were in, the first thing I said to him, I was like, okay, well, did you put them in one of the accordion folders where we put all the documents? And he was like, no, I definitely didn't put them there. And he and we, I was going through side tables, dresser drawers, uh, looking. I looked through all the mail. I looked through old mail because we have a little mail carrier as well up mm-hmm. there on the wall. I looked through old mail. I'm looking in like the coffee table drawers. I I searched this apartment top to bottom. And I was like, David, I cannot find these. And he was like, I found them. And I was like, what? I was like, where were they? He was like, they were, I put them in the accordion folder. And I was like, I'm going to punch you in the throat. <laughs> I, I love him to death. I love him more than anyone in the entire world. But I want, I was like, I'm going to throttle you. <laughs> See, I can't relate because I am the person in my marriage who loses shit. Hmm. Like, I usually find it relatively quickly, but I, I am totally the spouse that's like, honey, where's the insert random thing that I need? <laughs> And Sarah, nine times out of ten, knows exactly where it is, Mm -hmm. which is incredibly helpful. But, like, (laughs) at the same time, I'm sitting here like... You should attach her to your keys. I'm apparently useless. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I can definitely be like that. It's not that I'm, like, some super organized person that I know where all my shit is all the time. I lose things constantly. I have a pair of flats that I wanted to wear yesterday that... I I couldn't find, never found them. Still to this, still to this very moment, don't know where they are. They're <laughs> lost in the ether of drag somewhere in this apartment. But uh, they're just in the vastness of my drag closet. That I'm like, fuck it, they're gone now. Yeah, nobody knows where they are, and they're never coming back. So fuck it, we might as well get new ones. Um, but the point of it is that it's not necessarily about being well organized. It's about understanding the chaos. You know what I mean? Yeah, except that's what hoarders say. (laughs) (laughs) 
Are the, you accusing they, me of something? They say all the time. It's like, I know where everything is. But, <laughs> but I don't, I'm not a hoarder. No, my my husband's a hoarder. No. Look at all this shit in our house. No. He's going to yell at me so bad after this episode. He's going to be, not no, yell at me. He doesn't yell at me. you're not in any way a hoarder. I'm just saying. We have so much shit in our house. And it's like, I, we, but we're not hoarders. Like, my, I have a very clean looking apartment. It looks v- very presentable. I love our apartment. Yes, but no, it looks very nice. There is a certain amount of chaos that we thrive in. Yes, no, my house as well. <laughs> <laughs> there are four bags of chili peppers on my dining room table right now because we can't find a place to put them. Chili peppers? Yes, yeah, Sarah had bought them to make chili. Oddly enough, like, they're, the, like, they're like fresh the big, peppers. No, like the big dried ones. Oh, I see. I see. Sorry, I should have. I should have specified. I was like, how long have they been there? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, but they're all on my dining room table because we can't find a place to put them. And I'm sitting here thinking you made chili several months ago and are never going to use these again. <laughs> she is insisting that no, she's absolutely going to use them again and we have to keep them. So, <laughs> so I completely understand the chaos. <laughs> But to be fair to her, I get very frustrated by this because something like chili peppers mm-hmm. really should be sold in like, as far as I'm concerned, individual packets. Yeah, no, I agree. Because it's like you buy a package and there's like 15 of them in there. And it's like, who the fuck needs 15 making chili like peppers? like six gallons of chili. Yeah. And it's like, who needs more than one of these at a time? So it's like you buy one with 15 and you throw out 12. I, I don't understand what the point of it is. You're not going to keep chili peppers in your pantry. It's not something you use often enough that it should be sold in that quantity, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I'm sure there's somebody out there that's using it that much. I just, my my extremely white wife and I are not those people. But my point is that, like, if you need them at that quantities, you can buy, like, I'm not saying that the price should be different. Yeah. But, like, if you need 12, buy 12. Yeah. If you need one, buy one. I it makes me nuts. I waste so much food. It's like it's like when you buy spring onions. <laughs> spring onions are sold in these like bundles that are tied with like construction ropes and, and, and it's like <laughs> needs this many green onions in, in one shot they're half the time they're a garnish like it's That's not what like... Like, and it's like i'll use six of these and throw out 42 of them i don't understand why they're sold like this it makes me insane and it's always vegetables it's it is a always veg- vegetables. you know you you buy vegetables 32 at a time i'm like i'm buying for me and my husband we can't eat 32 vegetables in in 32 days <laughs> But you go and buy a steak, they're sold like half an ounce at a time. And it's yeah. like, what the fuck? What are you who are you selling this to? Who makes these decisions? Get it together. But anyway. <laughs> but anyway. Didn't we say we could rant about anything? Yes, we did. <laughs> And also, no, you're losing so many listeners. <laughs> no, I, you know what? I'm sure there are people out there who agree with us. And and if you do, write in to let me know because I personally believe, I personally believe that most U.S. Americans are unable to do so. Uh, I personally believe that the the way produce is packaged is completely unreasonable. I I agree. 
I don't under, I don't understand it. I just, okay? I like half burped. <laughs> it was like the burp, came, it made it like halfway and then was like, no, not, this is not my moment. <laughs> it's just waiting patiently. Patiently trying to give me a heart attack. It's like, no, I want to go down one of the ventricles. It's like, and my body's like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> and, it's, and it's like, but I want to. And the body's like, computer says no. <laughs> So anyway, why don't we tell them what we're talking about this week? I suppose. Uh, welcome to another episode, kids. We are uh, very excited. This is a, a, an a, actually a, a very exciting episode because we're doing something that uh, we don't talk about a lot, but we have talked about quite a bit more in 2021. We are doing another true crime episode. This is actually the second one in a couple weeks. Yeah, no, um, our, our new schedule has them sprinkled liberally in sprinkled liberally that should be the title of our book when we write it <laughs> sprinkled liberally i think it's liberal sprinkles liberal actually. sprinkles <laughs> that would be a great like it's so much better than the snowflake uh, so much better and honestly <laughs> if they had called gay ice cream that yeah i think i would have gone liberal sprinkles because <laughs> it's like on its face quite innocent yeah <laughs> But then you delve deeper. Then you delve deep, deeper. I just had a stroke and none of you did anything. How dare you? (laughs) Um, We are getting into a little bit of true crime today. And not only are we doing true crime, we are doing local true crime, which is something that is, as far as I know, like damn near fucking impossible in New Jersey. I mean, we've got, we've got a lot of shit. We have a lot of shit, but there aren't a lot of like famous uh murders in our state i guess that's true i mean like there i i can't think of a single serial killer that ever lived here i know the unabomber mailed a package here yeah he did but that's that's the closest we've ever come not that i'm advocating that we should have more serial killers it's actually something to be quite <laughs> proud of that new well there's and, the- and to be fair all those bitches out there who are like new jersey new jersey i'm like yeah guess what new york city people are fucking dying left and right and we're out here with a beautiful shoreline go fuck yourself <laughs> i mean there is the torso killer who's the torso killer um they're still active no yes i haven't heard of any torsos Yes, no, they have found human torsos in New Jersey when? and they cannot explain how they got there. Where? When? <laughs> I would have to look up the article. Prove now. it! <laughs> Receipts or it didn't happen. <laughs> I, I, have n- I have never even heard of the torso killer. I didn't even know it was a fucking thing. Hold on. We're, we're doing a deep dive, right? <laughs> we're, we're changing the topic of this episode. <laughs> the torso killer in New Jersey. I'm searching Google. There's one in Cleveland, too. Cleveland? Yeah. Well, that's expected From in Cleveland. From 1974. It says Richard Cottingham. Yeah, that's the Cleveland guy. No, it says Richard Co- Richard Francis Cottingham is an American serial killer from New Jersey, perpetrating murders in New York and New Jersey between 1967 and 1980. My understanding was this was still going on. Oh, I think you're mistaken. People send me, like, articles about this all the time because they know I like true crime shit. It says, And it says it happened in the fucking 70s. I'm calling okay. I'm calling shenanigans on the torso killer. Okay. Well, he still existed. It just wasn't recent. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, he looks like Maybe Santa Claus. That's the creepiest up. fucking part. 
Look at this guy. Jesus. We should do an episode on this guy. What, what the hell are we doing? He looks like a merry elf. Huh. <laughs> Learn something new every day. Huh. But anyway. <laughs> the best is this uh, this headline from NewJersey.com that says, The torso killer dismembered her mother. So why did this woman become his friend? I have the same question. <laughs> well, now I have to know. <laughs> <laughs> I could read the article. But no, I think I think we should move on. Yeah, I think this is as far as we're going to go with that today. But we honestly should do the torso killer, I think. Yeah, no, now... I didn't even know it was a thing. Yeah, well, now we're going to... He really does look like Santa Claus. <laughs> look at this. Hold on. I'm going to I'm gonna no, show I, you... I, I looked at the picture. <laughs> He's Santa. He does look like Santa. He looks like if, if Santa had starred on Orange is the New Black. My God. Well, uh, we are not talking about the Santa Claus torso killer today here on My Spooky Gay Family. We are, in fact, talking about another famous killer from New Jersey. I wouldn't say serial killer. No, this was he's just a, famous a family annihilator is the technical term. Family annihilator, which really sounds like a, a Mortal Kombat term. But, yeah, it um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say, I would say we probably have... We probably have more problems in New Jersey with like one-off murders, like passion crimes, yeah, than we do with like serial killers and uh, and that type of thing. Am I wrong? I don't have any statistics to back this up. <laughs> by the way, I could be I mean, absolutely mistaken. Some of that is just because New Jersey is such a densely populated state. It's harder to do shit like that when there are this many people around. Uh, yeah, and get away with it. Yeah. Although, like, granted, I, out by like where I live, it's probably perfectly possible. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> yeah, where I live, I think it's probably a little too densely populated to get away with much. Yeah. Um. And that's not to say that it doesn't happen. I'm sure that people still end up killing each other. But uh, it's just not quite as common, I I think. But today we are talking about a an infamous uh, family murder here in New Jersey that also takes place kind of around the same time as the Torso Killer. Um, we are talking about John List, who uh, is probably one of our more infamous New Jersey patrons. Um <laughs> You make it sound like he's on the Patreon. Well, who knows <laughs> like he's what he's up to in prison. Month, well, he's dead. <clears throat> well, maybe maybe that's his reparations. His estate <laughs> is paying for a, page, <laughs> a Patreon <laughs> subscription to my spooky gay family to make up for what he did. Oh, God. Um, we, uh, this is probably one of the more infamous murders to have happened in our state. And not only is it local by state, it actually happened only about what, 20 minutes from where we grew up? I don't think it's even 20 minutes to Westfield from where we grew up. Uh, maybe not, but it's at least 15. Yeah, no, I'll take 15. It's yeah. somewhere between 15 and 20 minutes. Uh, it's like we we regularly visited this town. David and I bought some of our furniture there when we moved into this apartment. Um, I worked there for several years. You did. You worked in Westfield. <laughs> Only down the street... From other Westfield people. 
<laughs> not John List. The John List house, I don't think, was in um, that same. It part has of town. actually burned down since it burned down like nine months after. We'll we'll get into that. Yeah. In a minute. But I'm saying the location of the house was not near that part of town. I don't think. Uh, no, I don't think it was anywhere near it. There were not too many mansions near downtown Westfield. There are a lot of mansions in Westfield. A lot, but not too many near the downtown area. Yeah, Westfield is is a pretty affluent town in new jersey filthy stinking rich filthy stinking rich it is actually where whitney houston is buried yes it is um you were actually in town the day she was buried, yes no one could get to work that day (laughs) i can't imagine why (laughs) we were calling i i was working at trader joe's at the time and we were calling the store like apparently we had like four or five people call just like i am can't do i am stuck in traffic i am not getting here (laughs) and honestly it's like well for all intents and purposes for what's happening it's like i'm sure the stores want to be open because there's so many people in town but it's like i don't think anyone's like you know what we just buried whitney let's 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 just make a quick pit stop (laughs) at trader joe's (laughs) or the farmhouse store you know what right after the funeral we'll go to the farmhouse store we'll hit trader joe's stop at the movie theater and go home get some two buck chuck and two drown our sorrows It's actually three buck chuck in New Jersey. It's not even two dollars. Really? Yeah. No, it's two ninety nine instead of one ninety nine. Wow, that's shady. Right? Fucking Jersey man. <laughs> we can say that. We're from here. If you're not from here, you can't say that. Yeah, you are not allowed to talk shit about New Jersey. Unless we you're can from complain New all we want, but if you're not from here, you don't get to say a fucking word. But we do get to shit on New York. Oh, absolutely, and even more so, Pennsylvania and Connecticut. <laughs> I mean, Pennsylvania, as far as I'm concerned, is Mars. It's like, that's international. <laughs> I mean, Western Pennsylvania, certainly. <laughs> <laughs> Even Eastern, I'm going to go out on a, on a limb and say. Uh, but, and Connecticut, my God, that's like Pluto. You're not, you're not even in the same time zone, as far as I'm concerned. But we didn't come here to shit on our fellow North. Oh, <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> Let's get to Vermont. <laughs> I'm kidding. I actually don't have anything bad to say about Vermont. I think it's probably a pretty beautiful state. I've never been there. so I haven't haven't either, but I've always wanted to to go. Yeah, we should plan a trip to Vermont. There has to be some kind of like dark tourism thing in Vermont that we can go see. Can we plan that? I'm being 100% (laughs) serious. Can we go to Vermont? Yeah, sure. You know what was a really pretty state too? New Hampshire. I'll bet. It was gorgeous. And they had the... I went to North Conway, New Hampshire. I was doing summer stock there when I was in college. And um, they had a general store... Like a legit general store? Legitimate general store. I mean, I don't remember there being like a grocery store in town, <laughs> but there was a general, it was like a tourist general store when, yeah. when, we're, when we're talking about what actually was there. It was like a touristy, like, oh, is in North Conway amazing? We have Mount Washington. But um, yeah, they had a general store and it was a lot of fun. I had a great time in, in uh, New Hampshire. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Again, have never been. It's beautiful. One of these days we should do like a little New England uh, ghost tour or something. Yeah, we should. And we should end in Massachusetts because boy, do they have a lot. If we don't end in Salem, we've done something entirely wrong. Boston's got a ton. Well, anyway. Yeah, but do you want to end up in Boston? (laughs) (laughs) We're back to shitting on the neighbors. (laughs) I'm kidding. I actually really do like Boston, but it's fun to to shit on other cities. I like Boston as a city. I take personal umbrage with Boston because I am a Yankee fan. Exactly. You, you, you so, the city is beautiful. The city is lovely. The people who live there are lovely. Your baseball team is an 
abhorrent hemorrhoid on the sport. <laughs> An abhorrent hemorrhoid <laughs> to the, the shit givens of, of baseball. Um, you know, it's funny, and not to go on too big a tangent again, but um, <clears throat> I was having kind of a similar conversation today on Facebook. I posted a, a status that was like, it's called Taylor Ham because that's what it's fucking called. Like, I, I mean, that was not exact. That was not what I now said. Now we're but going like, like truly local to shit on. That's a New Jersey. That's inter New Jersey hate. Because there's a, there is a, a famous argument in New Jersey about whether it is, is called it inter pork or roll. intra. I think it's intra. I think it's intra. I fucked up. Okay. Um, there's a famous argument in in intra New Jersey, <laughs> um. About something called pork roll, which is basically spam. Yeah, it's also not what it's called. And it's not called pork roll. It is called Taylor Ham because it was invented by um, the Taylor Ham company. It is no longer called Taylor Ham. But at the time, it fucking was. And it was released as Taylor Ham pork roll. Yes. Um, and then other people started copying it. And it was... Uh, it was somehow legally defined <laughs> as pork roll so that be, because you couldn't call it Taylor Ham since that was the company name. Yeah. So you, it had to be called pork roll. But the first one was Taylor Ham pork roll. Yes. <clears throat> and so it is called Taylor Ham. And if you don't think so, suck the fart out of my ass. <laughs> if you don't think so, you are from central or southern New Jersey. Exactly. But the point is, this is all a very fake argument. No one is actually yeah, that no passionate actually about not. it. And it's kind of the same way. It's like, we shit on all these places, but we don't actually hate them. It's no. just fun to like have like a, a fun competition. No, but it's the, like, sa- it's the same line between like sub and hoagie. Yeah. It depends on whether or not you're closer to New York or closer to Or a hero. Yeah. And it's like, no one actually feels passionately about it. It's just a matter of like, it's a fun argument. <laughs> <laughs> so now that we've given you all that background on New Jersey, just yeah. in case you weren't clear on where we're from. It is absolutely relevant to the story. <laughs> <laughs> John Lewis murdered his entire family because, because of they, pork, because pork, pork roll. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, it's Taylor Hemp. They're like, it's pork roll. He was like, I'll get the knives. <laughs> oh, um I'll, but anyway, we are <laughs> we are here to talk about John List today, and we have a lot to talk about, so we're going to get right into it. Sam, as always, when we do true crime, you are going to give us a rundown of the whole situation. I'll be 100% honest, I'm less familiar with this, um, with this event than I probably should be. I mean, it's one of those things that I, I know when I was growing up, like, I went to actually dad drove me to the GSA at Westfield High School because our high school did not have one. Mm-hmm. Um, you ended up starting one, though. I tried to. <laughs> <laughs> it was unsuccessful. <laughs> mm. um, <clears throat> but yeah, no, I was going to the the Gay Straight Alliance at Westfield High School. Um, and that was the first time I heard about this. Because he's something of a boogeyman in Westfield. I could imagine. I mean, this is... <clears throat> it's a brutal story. It really is. It's really terrible. So why don't we get into it? Let's do it. Let's just, shall Sounds we? Sounds exciting. Okay. <laughs> so on November 9th, 1971, John List murdered his entire immediate family in their 18-room mansion in Westfield, New Jersey. Could you imagine? I can imagine, and it makes me cry. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about having an 18-room mansion, not killing your family. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
After sending the children to school, List loaded a 9mm semi-automatic handgun and a Colt 22 in his car. Then he went into the kitchen where he shot his wife Helen in the back of the head while she was drinking coffee. Next, he went up to the attic apartment where he kissed his 84-year-old mother Alma before shooting her just above the left eye. Jesus. Then he went downstairs to clean the scene in the kitchen so the kids wouldn't realize what was happening when they got home from school. This is like so beyond calculated. <laughs> it's yeah, like, it's, it's like this is so like... This is like zero degree murder. Yeah. It's like beyond first. It, <laughs> this is the most atrocious, awful thing. Yeah. So then he went to the post office to stop the mail. He went to the bank to clear his and his mother's bank accounts out. And then he made several phone calls to inform various people, including the schools his children attended, that the family would be going to North Carolina to visit his wife's ailing mother and would be gone several weeks. It was actually true that his wife's mother was sick and had canceled a trip to visit her daughter's family only weeks before. List has asserted since then that had she made the trip, he would have killed her too. Jesus. So she's kind of lucky that she got sick. How sick was she? It didn't say. Because I'm like, how lucky was she? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it could have been like the flu. Mm, That's true. So after he cleaned up, he made himself a sandwich and sat to wait for his children to come home from school. Yes, he made himself a sandwich. He was hungry. Was it a hoagie or a hero? He didn't say. (laughs) (laughs) This is all, by the way, from an interview that he gave. He explained exactly how this happened. Which is like... How fucking mental do you have to be to be like, yeah, this is what happened. And then on top of it, be like, yeah, I sat down and made myself a sandwich. Yeah. Like, get bent, you fucking (laughs) douche. So after he ate the sandwich, he waited for his children to come home from school. The first one to come home was his 16-year-old daughter, Patricia. He shot her in the back of the head. The second to come home was his 13-year-old son, Frederick. He shot him in the back of the head as well. List then drove to Westfield High School to watch his oldest son, also John, play in a soccer game. After he, afterward, he drove his son home and shot, shot him repeatedly, emptying both weapons into his body. Oh, my God. There is evidence that this may have been because John tried to defend himself. Apparently, they found some defensive wounds on his hands. I was going to say, like, what, what, what brought on, like, that amount of violence? <sighs> List said it was because he was still twitching. And he didn't want him to suffer. But then he also said that it might have just been a release from what he had done that day. Because he needed to release something after having murdered his entire family. Yeah, I can imagine that would... That would that would put some tension between your shoulders. <laughs> you know, you need a well, good like, back rub after that. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Are you okay? No, this is okay. so gross. <laughs> Sorry. okay so he lined up his wife and three children on sleeping bags in the ballroom put music on then cleaned the crime scenes then he wrote a confession letter to his pastor in the letter list explained that even though he'd been getting up to go to work every day he was unemployed and had been spending his time at the train station reading the newspaper all day he could not pay for his family's expensive lifestyle any longer afraid that his family would think him a failure when they found out about the financial situation list decided to kill them He also claimed that he felt the family had strayed from their Lutheran faith and the only way to assure them a place in heaven was to kill them. Yeah. Can I pause you for a second? Absolutely. So we've talked about this before on the podcast, but I'm going to bring it up now because it's really fucking relevant. Okay. I don't understand how anyone can be like, 
constantly you hear this this rhetoric of like, oh, but he was a good Christian man. He was a good Christian person. They, she, she was a good Christian woman. And it's like, more often than not, these puritanical fucking heifers are the ones that go apeshit and murder people. And it's like, you don't hear about pagans going out and murdering their whole family. <laughs> Except for the motorcycle gang, the pagans. They do actually murder a lot of people. Are they actually pagan? No, they just call themselves the pagans. Exactly. I'm just, They're all pro- they all probably go I'm to their fucking Lutheran churches oh, no. every fucking Sunday. <laughs> Jesus. And it's like, you know what? <laughs> fuck this. You know, and I'm not saying fuck Christians, but I am saying like, get your shit together. <laughs> Before you start coming for every time there's an issue, they're like, oh, they're they're demons and witches and they eat babies. And it's like, no, this is what happens. Glenn is banging his head against his <laughs> He's gonna break his glasses. Oh, please, watch Spotlight. And then come for me. I'm so done with this shit. It makes me so mad. And by the way, this really does ring a bell when it comes to that episode of Netflix's Unsolved Mysteries. Mm-hmm. The DuPont de Ligonnet murders. Yes. It was like almost exactly the same reasoning. Yes, almost exactly. Which we'll get to later, I believe. Yeah. But um, this is this is cute. List reasoned that he couldn't also kill himself because that was a sin. And then he wouldn't be allowed into heaven to re- be reunited with them. You're kidding. Yes. He didn't want to commit a sin while he was murdering, murdering his whole fucking people. family, <laughs> including his, his young children. And his 84 year old mother. Like, my God. And it's like, I I don't even have the capacity to process this. I'm like, I'm like, how do you get from I'm embarrassed to better kill my whole family, but even though I'm killing them, I can't kill myself because that's a sin. Yeah. Like, where in, how does that make sense? And it's like, this guy can't be an idiot. He made enough money to have an 18-room mansion. Yeah, no, he wasn't a dummy by any means. If nothing else, um, what he did next kind of proves that. Okay. The day after the killings, List removed all the family photos with him in them so that the police wouldn't have any recent images to use for wanted posters. Then he drove to JFK Airport and left his car there as a false lead to fool the cops. He took a bus into the city and then traveled by train to Denver, Colorado, where he began a new life under the name Robert Clark. So basically, he cleaned the crime scene meticulously, made sure they couldn't catch him, but still wrote a confession letter to his fucking pastor, just in case anyone was unclear what had happened. And it's like, maybe he was an idiot. Was he like an heir to something? I I don't understand how this guy was a a fully functioning human. He was a bank vice president and comptroller. That, and you know what? That's about as intelligent as I'd expect someone in that position to be. (laughs) Okay. I'm so, I'm I'm reeling on everybody <laughs> today. Like, I'm like fuck the banks, <laughs> fuck the Christians, fuck everybody, oh fuck you God. too. I'm like <laughs> it The just official position so... of my spooky gay family is not fuck the Christians. <laughs> <laughs> we have many friends who are Christians and who are lovely people. I'm just saying. I'm not saying fuck the Christians, but I'm saying fuck those Christians. <laughs> and I, you know, I really do think they need to work on their messaging. I'm not kidding. That is one thing I am actually adamant about. I do think that they need to be more clear about what the message of the church is and how to follow it. Because it feels to me like so much of their messaging 
is about love and tolerance and acceptance, but so much of their practice has very little to do with that, that it's like, well, how can you expect people who are in a complicated situation to use this as an actual tool for good when there's so much convoluted messaging happening? I mean, I guess that's fair. I I think the short answer is that you're supposed to kind of come to those conclusions yourself. Like you shouldn't need someone to tell you that. I know that, but isn't religion at the end of the day, some kind of a guiding force for most people? I mean, it's supposed to be. I mean, this is the other thing. Like John List was clearly unwell. Like he's not, these are not the actions of a rational person. Mm. So I can completely understand why, and this is the other thing, like, who knows if that whole they strayed from their Lutheran faith thing is true. Like, he could have just been fucking embarrassed that he didn't have a job. I mean, like, I'm sure that that was part of it. I'm, like, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if that was most of it. I wouldn't be surprised if that was all of it. I just think that, like, him, him saying that, like, the whole bit about the family straying from their faith and I can't commit suicide because that's a sin feels like just a load of shit to me. Do you think he was saying it to like gain sympathy from people who were religious? I think he was saying it to be able to make a, to make a claim that he wasn't completely evil, evil or that he wasn't completely like, responsible for his decisions Hmm. i think it's also him trying to explain away why he murdered them and didn't kill himself Hmm. because what's the first question everyone would ask it's like well if you're that embarrassed and you were able to shoot your three children why wouldn't you kill yourself (laughs) in at least instead if not if not in addition to in addition to yeah yeah but anyway the murders were not discovered until December 7th, 1971. And when did they take place again? November 9th. Okay. Oh my God, it was a month? Yeah. Neighbors of the lists had noticed that every light in the house was on and that no one seemed to be coming or going. As the lights began to burn out one by one, they called the police who entered through the basement and discovered the family's bodies. So yeah, no, it took almost a month for people to figure out that this had happened. So he had a great head start on the cops by the time they even realized that something was wrong. Jesus Christ. The case generated a lot of media attention as Westfield is a very affluent and very safe community, Mm -hmm. generally. A national manhunt was launched for List, but it never turned him up. In August 1972, the house where the murders took place burned down. Police suspect arson, but never found anyone to charge with the crime. It remains an open case to this day. There is a house on the place where the house stood. But it was not the actual house. But it is not the actual house. The arson case. Yeah. Remains open to this day. Yes, not we yeah. we know perfectly well who killed John List's family. Yeah. <laughs> Fourteen years later, in nineteen eighty Fourteen years. Fourteen years later. Do do they import the cops in Westfield from Ohio? I don't understand <laughs> like <laughs> Well, to be fair, he was in Denver, Colorado. Like it's not like <laughs> it's not like they were knocking on doors like and he was hiding in a closet someplace. They're like, all right, John, you can do your Christmas shopping, but come right back. 
14 years later in 1985, List remarried a widow named Dolores, whom he'd met at his Lutheran church, where he was a very active member. You gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> the couple- you just <laughs> reamed me out, and look where we are, back at the Lutherans. Oh, no. Yeah, the, keep typing, Glenn. The, Let's go. The couple moved to Richmond, Virginia. His wife never knew about the murders. She never knew who he was. Mm-hmm. Four years after that, in 1989... So we're at 18 years. We're at 18 years. The List case was featured on America's Most Wanted. The program included a forensic sculptor's interpretation of what List might have looked like now almost 20 years after the killings. List caught the tail end of the show, but was relieved when his wife didn't recognize him. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, God, that guy looks familiar. Can't play. Do you want some soup, Rob? (laughs) However, one of his neighbors from Denver did recognize him and called the police. 11 days after the show aired, John List was arrested and extradited to New Jersey to stand trial. Thank God somebody was paying attention. (laughs) Everyone at the church was like, God, that looks like John. Do we have any more bread? (laughs) List was convicted of the murders, shocker, and sentenced to five consecutive life sentences, the maximum penalty allowed at the time. It had been 18 years, five months, and 22 days since the killings. Do we know how old he was when he was arrested? Do we know how old he was when he committed the murders? Do we know when you he would, was born? <laughs> you would you would think that that would have been information that do, I found. Do we know anything? <laughs> anyway, while we're looking that up, he appealed his conviction on the basis that his confession letter was a private correspondence to his pastor and should not have been admissible. His appeal was denied. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine why. List died. He was born, by the way, in 1925. So in 1989, that would make him uh, 85 would have been 60. So he was 64 okay. when he was when he was arrested. Okay. So then... Which is like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> List died on March 21st, 2008, and good riddance, at the age of 82 from complications from pneumonia after serving 19 years in New Jersey's Trenton State Prison. How does a guy like that not get murdered in prison? I don't know. <clears throat> you know what I mean? If, if fucking... Jeffrey Dahmer, and I'm not saying that Jeffrey Dahmer is better than him, but if someone like Jeffrey Dahmer goes into prison and gets murdered, how does John List, a child murderer, get through prison in one piece? I really have no idea, unless like the other inmates where he shot his entire family, like that guy's fucked up, I'm not going near him. I mean, it's not like everybody there doesn't have a story. I know. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't take him back to the church. No, he didn't have no, an ankle didn't. bracelet. <laughs> so, so that's the story of John yes, List. That's the story of John it's List. A re- it's a real, uh, it's a real happy story. Yeah, no, it's, it's this is a downer. Don't tell this one at parties. <laughs> uh, I have a lot of problems with this story. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's interesting? I wonder because Dad obviously would have lived not very far from there at the time. I wonder if dad has like memories of this. I don't know. We should ask him. Let's call him and see if he picks up. (laughs) He's not going to, he's not going to, he might pick up because it's not when we normally record. He might be like, (laughs) (laughs) 
we might be able to trick him into i i'm very tempted to do it but i think he'd kill me probably especially since he listens so he would absolutely find out he would absolutely find out and i think he would murder me but um we we, we really will need reta- to stop talking about it when the microphones are on because you understand we're just making him really paranoid <laughs> like he's never going to answer you know the phone what? when one of us call ever again you know what i think it is well-deserved paranoia <laughs> We're just going to continue to make him crazy. Uh, we will. Uh, we are actually seeing Dad soon. So yeah. we'll uh, we'll talk to him and we'll relay his answers back to our listeners. Yes. We won't we won't do anything unsavory. <clears throat> that is the word, right? Unsavory. Yeah. I suppose. I, th- I feel like it's more underhanded in this underhanded. situation. Yeah, I guess that's that's true. Um, so this is a local murder to New Jersey. Obviously, our, our dad was around. When it happened, it yes. is it is something that is probably pretty well known to people uh, who are a little bit older in New Jersey. Probably thirty plus would know about this to a certain extent. Maybe forty or fifty plus. It's more yeah, well known. If you're like a if you're like a truth crime enthusiast in New Jersey, you probably heard heard of it at a younger age. But otherwise, I imagine most teenagers these days don't know much about the john list murders unless they live in westfield where i'm sure it's it's that would be interesting we should like we should do like a pissy and sam on the street (laughs) and we just like go around asking people in westfield if they know anything about the john list murders um but yeah this is a local murder here do you remember the first time you heard about it um yes it was actually again when i was going to the gsa in westfield high school i had never heard of it really yeah i wonder why that came up at gsa um, we went to the diner after a meeting mm-hmm. um, because the really cute girl asked me if I wanted to go to the diner and I was like And she 14. was in GSA, so you were like, nailed it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was like 15. So <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, I don't remember what the hell we were talking about, but, but it came up. Sh- she said, you know, some guy murdered his whole family in town and... I being <laughs> you're like should I get the disco fries and she was like you know <laughs> but, and you instantly fell in love but me being the creepy little horror kid that I was was like go on <laughs> and then yeah no so she told me the whole story I mean with really colorful details that turned out not to be true really I can yeah. imagine there's probably a lot of folklore yeah there's a, there's a lot of folklore like she said that he that he killed his his one son with an axe, like Jesus. which obviously he didn't do. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, she said all kinds of stuff that that wasn't accurate, but I'm sure is deeply rooted in the folklore of the teenagers in Westfield. I mean, anything of that magnitude is going to have rumors. It is going to have speculation. It is going to have local coloration it yeah. is going to have some some it's going to have some interesting folklore that comes with it yeah even i think any small town has that we talked about that even with the woman in white mm-hmm. it's like ev- every small town has that story that's like been blown way out of proportion and it it develops its own rumor mill imagine having some of that rumor mill be true yeah i could only imagine what it would spawn yeah, no, I I shudder to think what people in our high school would have done had there been something like this in our town. Frankly, I'm kind of surprised there wasn't. 
<laughs> I am too a little. Like our town, our town was built on the backs of crazy people. Still and, is. Yeah, still. And it thrives upon them. But yes. <laughs> I, I'm kind of surprised that no one killed anyone there. As far as I know. I mean, there has to have been one murder within the city limits. You think? I mean, I'm sure people have... I'm sure people have had, like, to some extent, fishy demises. Yeah. But I have a hard time... No, the big story in our town was was that poor kid who got hit by the train. Oh, I don't that was like this. the big story. You don't remember having to watch the traumatizing train safety video in elementary school? No. Oh, actually, that's was not that, true. Was I that rem- the thing that they stopped after me? <laughs> I I remember. I remember that I watched it, but I do not remember the video. I remember it in crystal clear detail I rem- because I, know, I had because nightmares about this for months. This it like haunted <laughs> you. I remember you being like traumatized by this video. <laughs> Basically in this video two kids are playing chicken with a train and they jump at the right time but there's a train coming from the other direction and the next thing you see is their body bags getting drawn away. This Jesus. was shown to me at the age of like 7. <laughs> And that's and I want why to be, you don't yell. Basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and like I had seen Jaws by this point. Like I'm pretty sure I had se- I had seen at least a, a handful more scary movies, but this one just hit home in a way that <laughs> that I could not so abide. You're afraid of sharks and trains and trains. I am I am not afraid of trains anymore, but I was very scared of them as a small child, mm. which made. Bob and Kevin's train obsession. Oh, they love really trains. Yeah, no, they... For their birthday, Nanny used to just take them on the train, and they would just, like, ride the train. Yeah. And that was, like, <laughs> that was, like, the best thing she could have done for them. They fucking loved it. Now I'm like, ugh, I have to get on New Jersey Transit. I want to fucking die. But anyway, John List. <laughs> but anyway, John List. No, you know, I mean, we didn't really have anything in our, our town. The only thing I remember is that when I was in high school... A kid in our our school died. Yeah. Um, He very sadly, uh, he was under the influence of of a substance and uh, ran through a plate glass door. Yeah. And very, very sadly passed away. But um, that was, again, it's like, in that instance, there almost wasn't that much room for speculation because it was such a, it was a very public story. Yeah. And there wasn't like, there wasn't like a shocking end. It was like, the 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 event was shocking, but it was like, well, everyone knew that kid and everyone knew that that kid, uh, you know, recreationally used yeah. substances. And so it wasn't like, no one was like, Oh my god, I can't believe that happened. Yeah. They but it was very sad. I'm not downplaying the sadness of the event, but it it wasn't it wasn't like something like this where it's like, "Oh my god, a guy killed his entire family and fled to Colorado." Like yeah. it it didn't have the same the same punch. It, well. <laughs> um Yeah, I don't know. There's something about Do you think there's something about it being local that makes it more scary? <clears throat> I I think it's a little scary just because, again, I worked in Westfield for like a year and a half. Mm -hmm. So, like, I know the area very well. And, like, I remember being just a little bit creeped out by the thought that I was in the town where that happened. And not only the town, but it's like, 
when you walk around downtown Westfield, it is a it is an immensely like it is a very well populated area. There yes. are, and people come to Westfield from all other parts of the state because it's a gorgeous town. There's a lot of really great shopping there, and I'm sure that that wasn't that much different. No. At the time, I'm sure it wasn't as developed as it is now, but I'm 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 sure that it it was always an affluent yes. uh, desirable town. <clears throat> and so it's like, well, if you're walking in a place that clearly like you walk by that movie theater, and it's like this movie theater has been here for decades. Yes. And you walk by it and it's like, well, if I'm walking on this sidewalk, there's a good chance I'm walking on a sidewalk where John List walked. Well, I mean, the, especially the bit about the train station kind of creeped me out because like I've been to that train station. Yeah. Like I sat and hung out there again for hours after GSA <laughs> and told dad that we were still in the school. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> he fucking knows. But um, he was very lenient with stuff like that. I think yeah. he was just kind of like, she needs friends. Believe me, I know. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, like I hung out at that train station all the time. So the idea that he like spent days and days sitting at that train station is is a little creepy. It's creepy and it's like, I've talked about this before on the podcast. It's like, it feels so foreign when you listen to true crime because it's always like, you know, you know, when if, if you live in New Jersey, it's like, oh, it, it happened in California. It happened in Colorado. It happened in, you know, Utah. It, it didn't happen here. But then it's like when something suddenly becomes local, it's like, oh, it like blurs some of the mystery about yeah. all of it. it. It makes it much more real and much more um, tangible. And I think that that in itself is a challenging thing to come to terms with. Yeah, no, I agree. Especially in a case like this that is so fucking brutal and like yeah. maniacal. Yeah, no, particularly what he did to his poor last son was... I mean, any of the just kids... really terrible. It's like the idea of like executing your family is yeah. just... I I can't even imagine. It's so unconscionable. Yeah, no, especially like, I don't know why, the, but this bothers the fuck out of me. The fact that he kissed his mother and then shot her. Like, yeah. Like, did she know what was happening? Like, <laughs> like. Well, and that's the thing. It's like, if she was 84 and living with them, there's a good chance she needed to be cared for. But it doesn't mean that she was in like mentally incapacitated yeah. it doesn't mean that she was in like a coma yeah but like i don't know which thought is worse the idea that she did know or that she didn't yeah i, don't, I couldn't you know answer that. like and and she's the only one that he didn't shoot in the back of the head yeah which is bizarre to me the only reason the only sense i can make of it is that any of the other family members, and this is like disgusting to think, any of the other family members, if he had tried to execute them face to face, yeah, would have been a, a struggle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. If it's your 84-year-old mother, she she stands less much likely. less of a chance. Yeah. But a young kid, uh, your wife, who is who is presumably in her 40s let's say because that's around uh, she the age was he would 46 that's what i'm saying like yeah. they would have been in about their 40s at this time so you know it's cowardly 
when you think about it. It is. It's like. And it's cold. It's, and it's calculated. Yeah. And it's. It's disgusting. <laughs> He's like. He is a devil in my mind. Like I, I, I can't think of. You could tell me that like he he donated the entire estate to like a, a, a I don't know, a, a fucking burn unit. And I'd still be like, this guy's a monster and he's burning in hell. Yeah, no, I don't think he got reunited <clears throat> with his family in heaven. I don't think that's that. Yeah, I fucking doubt it. <laughs> um, <laughs> as as fervently as he hoped. But like. The thing that weirds me out about this case is like he went to such lengths to cover his trail and make sure he got away, but he wrote a fucking confession letter. So if they ever found him, they knew he, he, he had he was no done. Yeah. chance at all of denying that he did it. Do you think he wrote it when he was feeling some kind of remorse and then when he realized there was a chance he might get away with it, regretted it? I honestly don't think so. Just because, again, when I was reading, um, I read the reports of several psychologists that have that had spoken with him while he was incarcerated. Mm -hmm. And each and every one of them said the same thing, which was this guy has no genuine remorse for what mm. he did. Like, he's very cold and doesn't really care that he did this. So I would argue that <clears throat> the confession letter was more... To explain why. But then like, why? Because if he's a sociopath, why would he care that anyone knew the reason why? But he also, like, really cared that his family would think him a failure. So I think that he wanted to be like, see, this is why I did this. I'm not such a bad guy. Like, isn't this understandable? This kind is, of thing. This is kind of new territory for me because I've never... From all I can gather about this, he is a sociopath. You know what I mean? But he was he never exhibits... diagnosed that way. Um, they did they did diagnose him with obsessive compulsive personality disorder. Meaning like why he cleaned up. He's meticulously clean. <laughs> well, thank God for that. Yeah. I, I no, was really has... worried that he would have made a mess that day. Yeah, no, he has <clears throat> he has OCD. Or he had OCD. Yeah, because he's fucking dead, thank God. Yeah. But um I I just have such a hard time coming to terms with like not even the reasoning, because I don't think that there's any sound reasoning for doing something like this. No. But like I'm having trouble understanding the psychology of it. I don't understand what type of person does this, because in my mind, to do something like this, you have to be a sociopath. I don't know. But if, he doesn't seem sociopathic. I think narcissism is where you start. Like, because his whole thing is if I'm not doing well, then they can't know that. Mm -hmm. And rather than kill himself, he kills them. Because he can't do anything to harm himself because mm. he's a fucking narcissist. So he hurts everyone around him to keep them from finding out that he's a fucking failure. So I would argue it's purely ego, which points to narcissism. Hmm. But that's my interpretation, and I am not a psychologist. I mean, it, it's it's not an official explanation, but it's it's the first thing 
that has made sense to me so far. I think it's a pretty astute, uh, I don't know, explanation. <laughs> but it's like weird. It's like almost Trumpian. It's like, you know, don't, couldn't you imagine that like in another life, if if Donald Trump had really like colossally failed, he could have done something like this? I feel like that's the that's the personality type of like a John List. I don't a hundred percent disagree with that now. <laughs> I, I'm, I mean, you you see a lot in in cases like this where the person murders their entire family but does not kill themselves. Money is frequently a factor. In terms of what? In terms of we don't have any, mm. and I don't want to tell anybody that, or I don't want people to know that. So it's like a it's like a sociological issue. I mean, like I, like a class standing. Yeah, it's I don't want to live a lesser lifestyle because that would be embarrassing. But he went and did it, presumably. Yeah, no, he went and worked as like a fry cook and shit. Because and again, that's why I don't understand. It doesn't matter because nobody knew that he used to be rich, and that's disgusting. Yeah, like that. That almost in like, and it's like, how could something make any of this worse? But it does make it worse because it's like, well, your family was so worthless to you that you were like, you know what? I can get rid of them and just start over. And as long as nobody knows that I was a failure, it doesn't matter that I was. Yeah, basically. And it's like, it didn't occur to you for like half a fucking second that like you could have still been a fry cook and these people would still be alive and probably would. You Like you might have to sell the 18 room mansion that had a fucking ballroom. And it's like, if you had... Probably wouldn't have had to have been a fry cook. Probably I imagine that house was probably worth, I mean, at the time it was probably like $500,000 or $600,000, but in today's money, that's several million dollars. Yeah, no, that house would have fetched, I would imagine, a good deal of money. Yeah. They wouldn't have been living the same way they were, but they They wouldn't have been destitute. But yeah, it's not like you're going from like rich to impoverished. You're going (laughs) from rich to solidly middle class. Yeah. And you like, could have gotten another job yeah. <laughs> doing something that was somehow related to your, your specialty. And you probably could have somehow recovered a bit. You would think. It just like, but again, we're we're thinking about this through a lens of like rationality, s- rationality and sanity. Yeah. So it's like, I, I just, I, I really struggle with this one. It like really... It really pulls the rug out from under me in a way that a, a lot of cases just haven't okay. in the past. And I don't know why. I can't explain why. I think it really does have to do with the fact that it's A, so senseless and B, so local. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, kind of nothing about this makes sense when you look at it through a logical lens. Like, even it's, it's really just the fact that he ran. Like, it's the fact that he ran after he did it. It's like, you really seriously expect me to believe that you did this to save their souls and then you ran? Like, because you're not ranting crazy. Yeah. 
Like, this was cold and calculated in first-degree murder, which is why he was convicted of that. Yeah. I I didn't write it down, but there was commentary in one of the articles as to what the judge actually said. And it was something like, you're disgusting, fuck you. Like, to paraphrase, <laughs> essentially. And Glenn is like, no notes. <laughs> but, yeah, no, to paraphrase, it was essentially like, I can't believe you're even trying to defend yourself. <laughs> like, Yeah, like, like, rotten hell, you festering ferret anus. Like, yeah, I, hope like you, <laughs> I hope you eat the shit of a thousand cats for, for the, all eternity. Because he tried to plead diminished capacity. Initially. Diminished capacity. It's not quite insanity. It's basically extenuating circumstances. St- extenuating circumstances, not stanzas. That would be stanzas. Extenuate. <laughs> I had extenuating circumstances. <laughs> I was a terrible poet, and I didn't know it. <laughs> and they're like, "You get the chair." <laughs> oh my god! And they're like, all it would have taken was one bad poem, and they would have sentenced him to death. <laughs> Have we ever had the death penalty in New Jersey? Oh, yeah. Why didn't he get it? Um, it wasn't legal at the time. I think they should have brought it back just for him. And I think they should have killed him with, like, sharks. I should, it should, <laughs> or, like, push him out of a plane. It should be something, like, so fucking atrocious that, like... Because it's, like, there's no reason to doubt that he did it. No. It's, like, so beyond the... Confession letters, generally, you know. But it's, like... It is beyond reasonable doubt. It is like beyond, beyond reasonable doubt. So it's like, just take this guy out to sea, awaken the Kraken, <laughs> and let him, let it have at him. Like, just fucking feed this guy to a megalodon. Lo- tie him to a rocket and launch him to space. Like, just fuck this guy. Fuck him in every hole. I swear to God, I hate him. I hate this guy. This really hit you hard. I just don't like him. I do not like John List. If there's a heaven, my heaven will be getting to go there and just like every day I get to like zap John List in the electric chair. That would be my heaven. Like, I, and I can go about doing other satisfying things in heaven, but like that, like every morning, wake up, have, have my coffee and pancakes because I'm no longer diabetic. And then, and then like <laughs> I flip the switch and zap John and then I go about my fucking day. Like that would be heaven to me. And I can fly. (laughs) That's heaven. And I'm not fat. (laughs) I'm sorry. Would you want that? Who doesn't want that? I have to admit, I had not considered my ideal afterlife to involve electrocuting John List. You know, (laughs) there aren't a lot of people I would want on that list, but Mm -hmm. he's definitely the list on it. Yes, you're on um, the John list. You're on the John list. <laughs> That's what we're going to call it. Every time we come across someone, we just want to fucking pummel into the earth. They're just on the John list. Yes. Um, I I can't think... I can't think of... Well, that's not true. There are a lot of serial killers I would put on the John list, but he is certainly... Almost all of them, I would imagine. Yeah, he is certainly on it. He is certainly on it. He's named after him. It's like... <laughs> he's the header he's the header <laughs> Glenn is typing it up as we speak um, and he's so happy to be typing something that isn't a, an apology he's like, he's like wait I get to do something minutely clerical I enjoy this this is fun it's almost design 
I get to pick the font and everything. Yeah. You know, something that is uh, kind of interesting to me, and my answer to this one is actually different from what I would normally say to this question, because something that you had brought up was, you know, obviously a house like this Mm -hmm. becomes infamous. Yeah. And had it not burned down, it's like, well, who would live in this house? Yeah. You know? Do you think you could live in a house where something like this happened? I think that that would give me pause when the realtor explained that. I think the execution style death of four people, I'm sorry, five people would be a bit much. Mm -hmm. I think that, like, I'm not opposed to, like, listen, there are houses all over the place where bad shit's happened. It's just part of the house's life cycle. Bad shit's going to happen in the house. But, like... A house where five people were shot methodically by some crazy fucko, mm-hmm. I'm not sure I could do. And what's, I don't want to say funny, but what's unusual is that, like, normally I would kind of say the the true crime enthusiast in me might actually find it interesting Mm-hmm. To know that the house had a history like that because I, I I enjoy true crime stories. But I think I think a story like this really would put me off. And I think I've pinpointed what about it is so offensive to me. I really think a lot of it has to do with the kids. Yeah. No, I 100% agree. The fact that he like waited for them. That's it's so malicious and malevolent and and evil that it's like i'm not i'm not saying that other murders are not as evil but it there's something about it that just really hits me hard and especially the fact that it's like being that level of malevolent towards like innocent kids who like depend on you to protect them yeah it's like there is something about that that just really crosses a line in my personality especially like he went to his kid's soccer game drove him home and then shot him over and over again. And it's like like what? Yeah, what, who who could do something like that? And it, it and you know, maybe this says something about me, maybe it makes me a terrible person, but like there's a part of me that I think I could live in like the Sharon Tate house. See, I I hard pass on the Sharon Tate house. Really? Yeah. (laughs) It's it's cruel and it's evil, but there's something so distant about it to me Mm -hmm. that I don't think it would be a selling point, but I think I could live in it. Okay. This house, if I knew that story, I don't think I could do it. And I really think a lot of it has to do with the, the children. Yeah, no, I th- I think that's fair. I, and I mean, look, now that I think about it, I mean, Sharon Tate was pregnant and it's like, yeah. it, it is a very cruel story. And it was like, so like, almost random. Random and it's evil like It's like and the cruel. strangers yeah. in real life. Well, that's kind of, uh, what's his name? Brian, uh, oh God, the guy who wrote it. Blah! I can't remember his name. But um, the guy who wrote The Strangers said that it is loosely based on the Manson murders. Okay, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. 
because it was the same thing. The creepy crawl was like, yeah, the the basis for that idea. Um, yeah, I don't know. The, I th- I could live in a house that had a horrible crime in it. I think, um, even one that was exceptionally brutal but there's something about this one that like really goes too far for me do you think you'd be able to do the amityville house considering that there were children in the lutz in the um defeo defeo family yeah um you know i i don't know and i and i don't know why i don't know (laughs) Because for all intents and purposes, it should feel the same way. Mm-hmm. But I think it's... And, you know, honestly, I think it's because so much of the actions of that house has been sensationalized and, and dramatized. Mm-hmm. It almost feels unreal to me. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say, that obviously, that it wasn't because the DeFeo murders were very real. But I guess just because of the way it has become a media sensation... Mm-hmm. It feels less real to me. I'm sure if I like sat down and really talked about it, it would bother me more. But at this point in time, without having done it, uh, I I don't think I would struggle with that one as much. Okay. But that's not to say that I wouldn't. Like I could not live in the John Wayne Gacy house. I think that would no. bother me. And I think they leveled that one too. I mean, why they built on you? top of it, but they they did level it. How could you not? Who would yeah, ever would live so. in that house? Yeah, can you imagine, like, just knowing that there's the crawl space? <laughs> yeah. Just knowing that it exists, like... <laughs> would you ever go down there? Fuck no. Ever. In your entire fucking life. Um, I think Jeffrey Dahmer's apartment building was also torn down. Was it? I thought it was. I mean, it could have been, and it might very well have been. I know that his house is still there. Yeah, no, his family's home. His is family's there. home is still there, uh, and actually, if I'm not mistaken, sold not that long ago. Hmm. Like within a decade or so, I believe it sold. Um, I could live in the Dahmer house. I think. Okay. Not the apartment, but the yeah. the house. I think I could do that. Yeah, because he he only committed the one murder. The there. one murder. Yeah. yeah. Um Yeah. <laughs> it's like what a strange <laughs> what a strange like well it was just the one. <laughs> like and, and it's like I can't come up with like yeah, but a he valid wasn't, like trying to make zombies in that house. Yeah. It's like it's so bizarre. It's like I can't I can't explain what the thought process is. I think it's this idea that like I don't even See, I'm sitting here going, I can explain it, and then going, I fucking can't. No, I, I really can't. When you're when you're a true crime enthusiast, I think some of that comes with like a bizarre. Uh, it's almost like the opposite of willing suspension of disbelief. Okay, it's like it's like the willing suspension of belief. In that it feels so foreign and strange, it becomes a story. Yeah. Rather than an actual thing. And when you talk about it in the way that it's like an actual thing, it's no longer entertaining. I think think that's why, like, I've never... Like, I've gone to, like, horror movie 
like places where they filmed horror movies and I've, I've done shit like that but like i have never considered doing the sort of dark true crime tourism mm. because i know perfectly well that if i walk into a space where i know someone was brutally murdered it is going to hit me like a ton of bricks mm. like because then you can't deny it it's it's right there in front of you this is where this happened right and it's a hundred percent real now yeah I and I definitely understand that. I think the only reason I would want to do something like that is kind of in a spiritual way. Okay. In that like like there's a part of me that would love to visit Cielo Drive not because I'm so entertained by what happened there, but almost like not letting that story be forgotten. In that, mm-hmm. like, going to a place like that almost becomes sacred. It almost becomes like, well, these people didn't have a choice in this being their resting place, but that's kind of where it ended up being. Okay. Or their final place. I shouldn't say resting place. but um, And so it's like, well, to go back there and to experience it feels strangely spiritual to me. Okay. Uh But who knows how much of that actually is rooted in some kind of exploitation, you know? So who knows? I mean, some of it is just macabre curiosity. Like, I'm sure that it is. There's just... There's no way... There's no yeah, two ways about it. No, yeah. I, I mean, all humans have, have some that. degree yeah. <laughs> of of that sort of dark curiosity that we have. Mm-hmm. But like... I don't know. My limit is crime scenes. <laughs> it's like mm. it's like I'm out at crime scenes. I don't. I can do crime scenes. They're heavy and they're 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 not. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't call them pleasant. Yeah. But if I'm far enough removed from the action, mm-hmm. it doesn't hit me qu- like quite as hard. Yeah. I can go there and and pay respect to the event I think is the best way to put it that's fair I mean I guess when you think about it like we've been to Salem like several times and yeah and that's really not that much different that's a fucking crime scene it's a crime scene yeah people were murdered there (laughs) um and again we have never gone there I don't want to say in a non-exploitational way because I guess to a certain degree everything about that city is is a little bit exploitative, but um, uh, it has also, you know, it's it's spawned a, a, a conversation about witchcraft. It's spawned a, a conversation about the judicial system. It's spawned a, a conversation about racism. Yeah, it, 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 there there are things that come from it that that do kind of. I don't want to say make it worth it because they certainly don't, but. Um, you know, at least there was something. At least there was something that came from it. Um, that said, <laughs> this got real heavy. Yeah, it did. Uh, but I think that's about it for yeah, John List. No, I, I think that's about as much as anyone needs to talk about him. Uh, I hope he's rotting somewhere. I don't believe in hell, but I hope that his spirit is just being poked with sticks somewhere. Uh, or maybe everyone who went to heaven before me gets a crack at the button. So... Uh, <laughs> I 
I hope you guys uh, enjoyed this episode. If there's something that you wanted to uh, talk about as far as John List that we didn't get to, send us a message. We'll definitely uh, read it on air if you'd like us to. And that's about it. We will be back next week with more mini, mini microsodes on Patreon and another main episode right here wherever you're listening. So until then, stay spoopy and remember. On November 9th, 1971, John List shot and killed his mother, wife, and three children. The grisly discovery was made a month later, four of the bodies lying in the ballroom of the 19-room mansion. Officer Charlie Haller was the first police officer on the scene. He cleaned up a lot of the blood and had bags with uh, bloody towels and rags. That's uh, one thing you never forget, something like that you never think would happen or you'd come upon. And it stuck with me for a long time. My Spooky Gay Family features music by Nate Walker, artwork by David Alon, and this episode contains clips from CBS News New York, February 23rd, 1992. Please subscribe on iTunes, leave us a nice message, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Patreon. My Spooky Gay Family is a product of Barbara Duel Productions. Barbara Duel Productions.